This is Sheila Hollingheads, Search for a Quiet Life. This is Reflections on Books and Life. Someone asked a group of writers the other day, what books have been life-changing for you? I have to say that every book I've read has been life-changing. Each one taught me about people, places, emotions, or morals, about life. Who can pinpoint only a few? I read incessantly as a child, and I know some may find it difficult to believe, but my mother tried to stop me. In my family, too much learning, especially for females, was deemed dangerous and potentially could ensure I did not land a husband, or if I did, would lead to problems in my marriage when I grew discontented. Yes, folks used to think this way, at least those I grew up with. If men, my mother said, believed I was too smart, whatever that means, then it would scare them away. However, my mother did the opposite of what she set out to achieve. Instead of discouraging my love of reading, she flamed it. Think about when a parent forbids their child to eat a treat. It makes the treat all the more tantalizing. So I have my mother to thank for that extra push. She also attempted to, to stop me from writing, but again, made it all the more probable that I would do so. It always amazes me how many people have written books and how many want to write books. What is it in us that kindles a desire to share our words with others? Is it a need to be understood, a need to connect, a need for praise and glory? A wish to share a legacy with our children and grandchildren? I don't know why I write. I don't know why I breathe. I have seen two movies in the past few weeks that had as their theme the breakdown of society if we no longer had children. If a childless society became reality, I would hope we would have enough faith in God that we would still be able to connect and carry on as civilized people. In one of the movies, a character said, it's sad to think no more books will ever be written. Our children are our legacy. It is humbling that awesome, and that I mean that by the original meaning of the word, that awesome mothers of the past voluntarily chose to bring children into the world. At no time in history has this choice to give birth been more at risk, and we need to examine the reasons why. And as a side note, that's what I am working on right now. I'm writing a book that is called The Unbinding, um, and I hope to be through with it <laughs> one day. Uh, I have a couple of chapters written and it's taking me longer than I thought, but I'm still working on it. But think of it. Women are saviors of the human race by voluntarily submitting to the bearing of children. Without this voluntary submission, the legacy of humans, the perpetuation of our species, would be destroyed. To bear children, women must have faith their potential offspring will lead society forward. And they must also have faith 
that men will be willing to take on the role of fathers and husbands. And I do know, I do understand that raising children alone is possible. It's not impossible, it's possible. And some mothers do it and do it very well. And some fathers do it and do it very well. But it is difficult when there is only one parent involved. When we have no one to depend on to help us with our children. So we have to have faith that there will be someone there who will help to help us when we're going through those tough times of a child crying all through the night when they're teething or when a child um, falls and breaks their arm and we have to rush them to the emergency room or all of those things that happen. Do we really want to do, face all of that alone or do we want to have a husband, a father who will help us during those tough times? So our future depends not only on women, but also on men. Men were never created to be mere don donators of sperm, but they were created to help their children grow in a way that better society. And that future of mankind includes the future writing of books, as the character pointed out in the movie. Books become life-changing only to the extent that we have mature progeny left to write them. And also, as importantly, that we have left behind people to learn from them. On the topic of writing, I think some, some writers have a difficult time understanding the words of Solomon. There's nothing new under the sun. Some writers believe their words to be entirely original, but that's simply not possible. <laughs> Think for a minute of books or movies about aliens. Is it possible to come up with any image that has never been seen before? Now, it is true that you can take apart, apart from one animal and apart from another animal and, you know, maybe apart from something in nature, put them together and create something that no one has ever seen before. But to actually come up with an image that has never been seen, that's impossible. Can you imagine a color you've never seen? You know, of course not. We can't. So there's really nothing new under the sun. What is new is the way that images have been combined together or the way that words have been combined together. That's where originality lies in that. <clears throat> and speaking of that, writers build upon the works of other writers. And sometimes they simply restate what they have read or heard or seen in a different way. We must study God's creation, even if it is subconsciously in order to write. God's creation, of course, includes the stories of others. At the very core, when we as writers create, we are only copying the great creator. Poetry has had a great influence on me. 
Edna St. Vincent Millay and Emily Dickinson are two of my favorite poets. It's too bad that some have quit writing for the masses and made their poetry so obscure that it's difficult to understand, much less enjoy. And as a side note, I was just reading an article the other day that said that poetry is is enjoying a resurgence, that more people are writing, and, it, and a lot of that is because of social media. It's easy to share short snippets on social media, and um, it's bringing more people into the realm of poetry. And I write it myself. Someone asked me the other day, why don't, why don't I write more? And the answer is because of the level of difficulty. To me, blogging is easy. Writing a short story is a bit more difficult. Writing a, a book is pretty difficult. But writing good poetry verges on the impossible. Two books I found lyrical, almost like reading poetry, were Green Mansions. I, a book that I pulled out of that treasure trove on the first floor of that house where we lived in France and the yearling. These books have had a greater influence on me as a writer than others. Maybe these are my life-changing books. Writers are simply reflecting God just as the moon reflects the glory of the sun. And the moon will never be able to outshine the sun. So it goes without saying, although I will say it, the Bible has been the greatest life-changing book. Life-changing books? Books have been such a part and parcel of my life that I cannot imagine existing without them. The power of story shapes us into who we are and who we are becoming, whether those stories come from books, movies, television, video games, friends, or family. The power of story is not only life-changing, but life-affirming, life-giving, and life-living. A world without books, possible. A world without story, impossible. All stories are absorbed into our subconscious and integrated into our lives. Let's be aware and integrate them correctly and weave them within the narrative of our own life stories. All stories change and lead. The direction they lead is up to us. We must choose wisely. Thank you for listening. Hope you have a great day, and I will talk to you later. Bye.